This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Episode 201, How to Identify Manipulative Advertising and Marketing. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about advertising and marketing. And spoiler alert, most of it is not manipulative, but we are going to dive into articles written for marketers so that you know what they're doing and the reasons, the psychological reasons why they're doing it. So you can decide for yourself whether you want that marketing to work on you. Mm. Yeah. Well said. I think it's important to be armed and ready with an understanding of how people try and sell things to us so that we can decide whether or not we actually want to buy and not just fall victim. Yeah, definitely. But first, our sponsors. The Modern Frugal Living ebook. We have published an ebook with over 200 ways to save money that includes checklists and resources so you can take action on the highest impact strategies quickly. The first way you can save is by getting the ebook for free. To get your copy, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash ebook to get your free copy. And you'll also get two weeks of accountability emails to help you take action. So head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash ebook and start getting those quick wins that will snowball your momentum to financial freedom. Yes. And this episode is also brought to you by Facebook ads, not Facebook. People love saying something in real life and immediately seeing an ad for it on Facebook. It's the best. They know you love it. The ads want you to know that while they can't be as accurate anymore, they will still track where you are and show you ads based on the interests of the people you're around too. So they're sorry. They know you love them being super accurate, but they're still going to track as much of your data as possible, as well as the data of people around you. Facebook ads, just trying to get you to buy stuff. It is. It is so creepy. Everyone is commenting on how creepy it is. But by creepy, they mean they love it. They love it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I I take refuge and solace in the fact that I'm pretty sure Facebook knows nothing about me because what they try and advertise to me is all over the map, all over mm-hmm. the map. I don't know what they think they're hearing from me, but it ranges yeah. from golf gear to baby products. So wow. I don't need any of it. I mean. Yeah, maybe because you're around people who play golf and or have babies. Have babies. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Well, we are talking about, obviously, advertising, marketing. So if you want to queue up some good follow-up episodes, we've got episode 156, How to Avoid Impulse Spending. I think we also talk about some of the same tactics in that one. And then episode 175, psychological tricks to stick to your budget. So today we're really diving into some marketing psychology so you can understand why you think the way you think when you see things available to buy. So this first article we're going to get into, both of these are written for marketers. They're not written for consumers. So the first one is uh, from CrowdSpring. It is called Marketing Psychology, Five Powerful Principles of Human Behavior. What did you think of this one with your social work background? Yes. Oh, it's so clearly written to people written from the perspective and written to those with a perspective of wanting to make money. So it's definitely a unique experience (laughs) for me to read an article about our minds, the way we think and process, how we make decisions, not from the perspective of helping people, but from the perspective of getting them to buy things. So they're not necessarily wrong about the things that they're describing. It just is in a little bit more of a cold way that they're talking about it. Almost this, here's what we've dissected about humanity and how we can then utilize this to make money. So there's a part of it just for my own sake. It does feel a little slimy, although some of it can be good. Like I don't, as you said, Jen, I don't want to say marketing in and of itself is bad. I've got many friends in marketing. We do marketing. On the Frugal Friends podcast, utilize some marketing strategies in order to keep bringing content and ultimately helping people with the podcast. But yeah, we also need to support families. So all that said, from my perspective, it was unique to read it in that way. And I'm hoping to still, even as we go through this article, look at it in a holistic way, recognizing this article was written to those who want to know how to make more money. We're going to look at it from a perspective of how can you take this knowledge arm yourself, allow some marketing to work on you and be a little bit more uh, averse to the marketing that you don't need to work on you, like not just to fall victim or prey to it. Recognizing that marketers are getting smart and utilizing psychology to get in there. Mm-hmm. So we, do, we don't need to be dumb about it. Yeah. They've used this for decades. And marketing has actually gotten more ethical as time has gone on. This is not Mad Men. People are not just trying to sell you something without thinking of you. And so marketing, I mean, Facebook ads for as creepy as they are, are really trying to stop you from seeing things that you are uncomfortable with, ads that you would be offended by or not like at all, and show you things 
that really would help you, that would be of most benefit to you. So the intention is quite neutral. I wouldn't say it's negative or positive. It's it's a, you know, it's an exchange. People are still trying to make money and it has gotten more ethical. So most marketing is quite beneficial if you know what your values are and you have a budget and you have a plan and you were looking to spend money on that or didn't know that it was a possibility to spend money on something to solve that problem. And you can think, give it time to reflect and not and still buy it, but not impulse buy it. Yes. And so we do love marketing when it's done ethically. And so let's start, go through these five principles so that you can start to see the strategies that these marketers are using so that you do not feel gotten by them. Yeah, exactly. So the first one that they list out related to kind of how we work is this concept of priming. So it is the process, as they describe, of presenting someone with a word or an image or a sentence that prepares them to be receptive to a particular point of view. So it's not a diving into the thing immediately. There's a priming process that happens that can help to influence somebody. So this is usually a little bit more subtle. And how can marketing be utilized for getting someone ready for the next message. So there's a variety of ways that companies might do this. It could be on social media, like asking people to share comments or by reading a blog post first or attending a free seminar, downloading an ebook, like getting people engaged without yet spending money and preparing them for a certain message. That would be the concept of priming. And so when it comes to, yeah, the marketing world, it is a, let's pull them in, let's draw them in, let's get them curious, let's get them ready. So then we can say, all right, now give us your money. <laughs> and and yeah. this is true it, really in anything. Like what are the things that get us prepared, primed, ready for whatever is coming next? This would be like a warm-up in an exercise routine. Like you start with stretching or you start with some high knees before you get ready to run further. So that idea works yeah. in a variety of ways. I will say the positive thing about priming is it is it is also a form of building a relationship, essentially. So you are putting in the effort to get your name in front of somebody to get them thinking about your product or brand. And I will say the purchases I regret most are the ones I impulse bought after not being extremely familiar with the product or brand. It's not the ones where I've been following them for a while and then bought the product. And so priming is essentially they want to build a relationship with you, get that foot in the door sort of thing. So this is a is a good, if you look below the surface, is good. But you also have to know what people are doing when they ask you to follow them on social media, sign up for the email, all of that stuff. It's so that they can prime you. Um, and so if this is not, if it's something that you don't really need um, or only need once, stop putting this product or brand in front of you because you will inevitably typically end up purchasing from them 
again after the priming. Mm. And sometimes, again, if it is something you actually need, you think it might solve a problem, then great, engage in the priming part of it. Because a lot of times the priming does add value, right? Anytime someone's offering Mm -hmm. a free webinar, sure, you might go into that knowing they're probably going to try and sell me something during this free webinar. But is the content of the free webinar something that is actually helpful and useful for me. You can make your own decision from there with what you want to do after that. We don't have to be afraid of any of these techniques, but choosy on how we engage when we even do see that this technique is happening. Mm -hmm. The second is reciprocity. So this is a bit, this is a big one. So It's essentially we feel when we've received something from somebody, we feel almost obligated to give them something back. So if we've received something free, um, like a free trial or a free gift or, I don't know, a free ebook with 200 ways to save money, we feel some reciprocity to give back in some way. And so some People are just asking you to listen to their podcast and take what you need that's helpful and leave what you don't, while others will be, you know, selling products and services. And again, you have to decide the products and services that really add value to your life or not. Absolutely. The next is social proof. So they describe this simply put, we want to know what others are watching buying, wearing, experiencing. Sometimes we as people can find ourselves in situations where we have this natural thought that other people know more than we do. And so we take our Mm -hmm. cues from others. It is somewhat related to that concept of groupthink. Like we think somebody else is going to step in and do something or we kind of take on the mentality of the majority whatever we think the what is happening in the majority and so marketers might use this idea of social proof that we want to do what others are doing we want to do what the majority are doing by putting a message in front of us that would communicate that like here's what others in your age group and a similar life circumstance are doing and loving and kind of hoping that you will get on that band wagon, believing that this is what the majority are doing. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't bought something that they've seen somebody else wearing or using on TikTok or Instagram? That's social proof. It's why brands spend so much money getting their products into the hands of influencers. And there's other things like reviews. Like I don't buy anything without first checking the Amazon or going to a place before checking the Yelp reviews. Reviews are super important. Reviews can be gamed for sure. So we definitely take, I think, higher stock in the social proof from people we know, which is why I think Instagram is is such a, and Facebook are potent for impulse purchases because they're people we know or we feel like we know or want to be like are going to these places or are using these things. So when you're scrolling, just know that even if a brand didn't pay to be there, that this social proof is is very much an illusion. It is it can be gamed, but I mean, I've I've bought some things because I've seen it on Instagram that I'm very happy with, but I know that 
other people have definitely we've heard many stories of people buying things because they saw it on social media that they later regret. And so this is that is prime um, example of social proof. I think that this is lives. the one that we all are probably most aware of. We may not have called it by this name, mm-hmm. but it's why we hear so many people saying, I got to get off social media, whether or not it's a brand getting themselves in front of you or other people making their lives look so amazing. And so our contentment levels decrease. I think we're we're pretty aware of this phenomenon and the way that it works in our lives. We may be less equipped to know exactly how to handle it. Yeah, some of it could be getting off of social media. Some of it could be like you just said, Jen, making sure that the things that we purchase are primarily by some of the word of mouth from the trusted individuals. Uh, you know, okay, I want a pair of shoes. Let me see. What are my friends wearing? What's their reviews on it? Or a mattress. What are they saying about the mattresses that they're using? Whatever it might be. I love Mm -hmm. that as a first step in choosing what kind of products am I going to consume, not just what is the internet pushing on me. Yeah. And I think the best strategy you can take if you want to know the difference between am I falling prey to good advertising or do I really want this is to just wait, wait 30 Mm. days. You can put it in your Amazon cart. Honestly, I wouldn't even put it in my Amazon cart because that could remind you in 30 days and be like, oh yeah, I do want that. No, just for, just if you, if it stays in your mind for 30 days, like if it is important, it will, then you can get it. Just make a little mark on your calendar and, you know, you can say, hey, I thought about the Tevas, these shoes, these shoes I literally thought about for months and did not want to pull the trigger on getting. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did. But I didn't save those anywhere. So yeah, waiting, patience, and you will save yourself from so I mean that could be the end of the episode. Yeah. But I think marketers we'll go are on. primarily <laughs> like banking on impulsivity. Of course, there's Absolutely. so many other things that we're yeah. talking about in this article that that is helpful in being equipped. But at the end of the day, it's how impulsive are we making purchase decisions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that brings us to our next one, which is scarcity, yeah. which completely preys on impulsivity and is actually something that we are moving away from. So with the Financial Freedom Mentorship, we have launched it several times, but you can't just buy it. You can't just become a member whenever you want. We do launches and those essentially, it becomes a time scarcity. So you can only get it. Doesn't matter if you're not ready right now. It is you only have this many days to buy in. And so starting next month, we are going to make sure that the mentorship is available year round. Now, there will be, you know, sales here and there just related to things that we're doing because that when people get on the fence that want to make life change, sometimes they need an extra push. And that's where some scarcity marketing can be helpful. But we want to get away from that. The things that are timed that create false scarcity is we are pushing back on that too. Mm -hmm. So like we're not, we're always learning how to market the show and market our products and our mentorship better, more ethically, while still obviously getting people to join and listen. But yeah, scarcity, I mean, people, I mean, the 
best way you can see it is in sales. Like sales are scarcity, but know that products especially all have sales cycles. And so I think those are kind of the biggest things. Like we just have to know that if you don't need it right now, the sale will happen again. Mm -hmm. And if you really need it, you should be doing well enough with your finances in other spaces that you can afford to buy it at full price. And do not feel guilty when you buy it at full price if you really do need it immediately. That's why we are so responsible in the other areas of our spending. Sometimes things really are running out and there really will <laughs> not be any more of it. And so, yeah, then then that's a true scarcity. But then sometimes in mm-hmm. marketing, you've got this feigned scarcity making us feel as though there will never be another opportunity. And yeah, what we're saying is we, we don't want to make that unnecessary stress. If there will be another opportunity, you can join in when it makes more sense to you. Of course, the price could yeah. be higher. Two words, but... two last words on scarcity. Beanie babies. <laughs> Beanie babies. Everyone knows. Don't yeah. Don't don't live in just just tell yourself when there is scarcity, just be like beanie babies. Beanie babies. Beanie babies. Mm. Mm-hmm. There you go. And then the last concept here that marketers can use is anchoring. <laughs> this is this is where the article doesn't give the greatest picture of humanity. They say people <laughs> frequently act illogically, making their behavior difficult to predict. This is not a strength-based social worker perspective on human behavior. It's not, yeah, I, I wouldn't call it illogical. It's just that we have a there's a scarcity of a literal scarcity of time. And sometimes we can't like do all the math needed to figure out something. So <laughs> yeah, that's what it I just think. feels like a cold, detached way of describing humans where they also go on to say they rarely take the time to learn the full facts before taking action. Now, listen, it's 2022. I'm not going to argue with that. I've seen the way people are behaving on social media. But there's, there's a lot more to it for sure. But when marketers get a hold of this, what they hear is, all right, people are going to latch on to the first fact that they hear, and they may base their decision on that first fact whether or not it's true. And again, this is back to that impulsivity. Certainly, this has happened to me before. If something is, if it's going to strike an acute emotion, like if it's going to make me angry or it's going to make me really excited, that that I think those are the times when it, I'm going to latch on or we as people might just latch on to the first thing. So that's called anchoring. And of course, this could work positively or negatively for a marketer. The, the first fact that is before a person could give a really bad taste in their mouth and they walk away and they don't, we don't purchase. Or the first thing that we latch onto could be the thing that causes us to say, yes, I'm going to purchase. And so again, it, this is indifferent. It's neither good nor bad, but recognizing that whatever they put out first could be the deal breaker and whether or not someone purchases. So 
for us as consumers and frugal people, I think the important takeaway here is to be curious and to pay attention to our first impressions. What am I believing about this product? What is it making me feel or think? What's my first impression? What's that first impression causing me to want to do? I think for me and maybe a lot of people within my friend group, something that I hear a lot, I think related to this is aesthetics. Like if if a product is being marketed and the immediate aesthetics look like that's how I want my house to be the first impression is it's going to make my house look cleaner. It's going to make my house look more beautiful, or it's going to like make me feel really like cool and Instagram worthy every morning. That could be just the, whether or not the product actually works, whether or not I actually need it. Like I've now anchored myself to the reality that I would love to see that sitting out on my kitchen counter anchoring. Yeah. This also comes in, uh, like the form of so pricing yes this is sometimes why you'll see the larger number first and then they'll slash the price through it and show you the smaller number so that way when they keep reiterating the sale price you're reminded how good of a deal it was because you first saw the larger price and then also they can do this with sizes. So you'll often see a small, medium, and a large. Most companies will base their projections off of most people buying a medium, but they will show you the small and the large because they'll just make the large maybe a little more than the medium, or they'll make everything just a little bit little bit more expensive than the last. So you think, oh, I'm getting uh, so much more. I'm getting like this one uses Coke as a 20 ounce Coke for 179 or 32 ounce Coke for 199. And they're saying for just 20 cents more, you can get almost twice as much Coke. So then you get the larger size. And so Starbucks, they have their drinks positioned to where the medium, the grande, is just a little bit more than the tall, but it's so much more. So barely anybody buys a tall. And then, so sometimes this can backfire as frugal people. I am more drawn to purchasing annual subscriptions than I am monthly because it shows me I save. But what if I don't know, if I don't know that I like the product and I want to keep it for a year, then I ended, I actually end up losing money because I wouldn't have paid for a full year. And I have done that several times, more times than I'm comfortable admitting, several times in the past uh, few years to where I'm just now realizing I actually need to pay more and sign up for monthly before I drop for the annual. Like that is just something that I need to do. And so that's why we offer annual and monthly plans and in the mentorship. So yeah, that's another way anchoring kind of shows up. So to be aware, pricing happens for a reason. Things are not arbitrarily priced. And they're, the way the prices are shown are not arbitrary either. So that is this last one. Anything else to say? There's a little bit more on anchoring down here, but it's 
No, that's good. I think those are good good tools for our tool belt to understand and be armed with to say, what is happening here? Again, just those pauses, whether in whatever way we can latch onto, whether it's marketing or understanding our own selves, being curious, creating the pause, whether you that causes you to look internally of what's happening inside of me. Do I really want this? Or more externally, what's happening outside of me? What are they trying to get me to do? before making the purchase, wherever we can create the pause. And so hopefully this knowledge helps us to create that pause. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. Delete Me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, at a special discount for our listeners, today get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash frugal and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash frugal, code FRUGAL. Yeah. So our next article is from entrepreneur.com. And this one's a pretty famous article um, in marketing. It's the five emotions that drive customer loyalty. And these are, I thought, kind of good ways to see if the brands and products you are engaging in are worth you staying around. Because very basic companies will do these things. But also for you to see that when these things come, (laughs) that it's not, they want you to feel special, but it's not because you're special. I mean, you are special. We love you but they are trying to get you to buy from them again. So that is much cheaper in business. We say it's much cheaper to hold on to a customer and get them to buy from you again than it is to acquire a new customer. So customer loyalty is super important. So we want to go through these five so that you can identify those techniques as well. 
So the first one is surprise that this is an important emotion for creating loyalty in the consumer-creator relationship, uh, wanting us as consumers to feel a degree of Mm -hmm. surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's with like getting little gifts in your box when you order something. We just ordered, um, no, we didn't order it. We got a gift for Christmas for Kai. I think my mom or mother-in-law got it. And there was this little bath sticker in it, like for free. And they're like, leave us a review and we'll send you, you know, six more bath stickers for free. So there they're trying to get social proof. And they're also surprising you with a free gift. So I don't know how many more like bath toys we're going to need to order. But I guess so that's kind of like a example of surprise. Mm. This happened with a lender, like the the lender for when we purchased our home. One year later, we got a box in the mail from them, like happy one year anniversary in your home. And it was a candle and a succulent, like a plant, a succulent plant and hand sanitizer, how fitting. This whole box of really good Mm -hmm. gifts. And I, I was surprised, but I was also like, I don't, I, I really only need a lender like once. Maybe I'll need a lender again in 15 years. It seemed like an interesting, I knew that it was a marketing tactic to like bring them front of mind again to maybe produce loyalty. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to, maybe it's so that if I, if a friend is asking for a lender, I might tell them about them, but it it definitely, it was surprising. And then it was, wow, this was a lot of effort. And I, I don't know that I will ever use them again, but thanks for the succulent. Well, Yeah, one of the things is to give recommendations to other people buying homes. Another is uh, when you go to refinance, they probably offer refinancing. And so if you feel loyal to the lender, then you can seek out your refinancing through them as well. Yeah, they're all in on the surprise. They were all in building that loyalty with a succulent. I I don't know any bank that or lender that does that. So I might be loyal to that lender <laughs> yeah. too. Everyone's going to now start reaching out to me. Who was the one who sent you a succulent? Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so the second one is familiarity. So if you want a customer to be loyal to your brand, you need to establish a sense of familiarity. And so that means making your brand approachable, like a friend or relative they already have that they actually like, personalizing it so it's unique, And essentially, if your brand is for everyone, you are for no one. And so if you feel like a connection to a brand, that is marketing. Branding is marketing. (laughs) So it's not all about like, oh, I really like these people. I like their brand. I'm sure they're good people and they deserve my business. Not necessarily. They just could have hired a good branding agency. So so I've seen so many crap products branded extremely well. And so many good products branded extremely crappily. <laughs> so it's and the and then also this comes with um email marketing as well. Uh they want to be top of mind. So you will get emails every week from, 
you know, like your favorite frugality podcast. You'll get emails so that you remember to tune in and listen to the episode every week. And so we're just building familiarity and getting into the routines that you already have, getting becoming part of those routines. I don't know how much familiarity is an actual emotion as much as it speaks to proximity, relatability. Like I wouldn't say familiarity is something we emote, but it is a tool used to build loyalty. That's the only thing I'd push back on with this article. If you can feel like like a brand, like people have said like, oh, we you feel like our our best my best friends, like like I'm just hanging out with my girlfriends. So hanging out with your girlfriends is a familiar feeling that we essentially you know, kind of replicate for better or for worse. And so that's a familiar feeling. Or if somebody is like color theory, you can use color theory in branding to make people like if you want people to think of your brand as calming and you want people who are familiar with that feeling or want to be familiar with that feeling, then you use kind of more blues and greens in Mm -hmm. your branding. Yeah. Again, it may be semantics, but just from a mental health Mm -hmm. perspective, familiar is not an emotional word. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You could, you could, you could feel calm. We can agree on that. You could feel connected. You could feel those things, which then leads to this statement about proximity of familiarity, mm-hmm. but it's not an emotion. But that's all right. They're we'll writing from a marketing perspective. So we'll yeah. we'll we'll allow it. The next one on here is relief. So giving a sense of relief to customers can build loyalty is what they're saying from this marketing perspective. And so it's almost allowing room for mistakes within a business. They're encouraging business owners that it's okay. You're not going to hit the the brass ring every single time. Uh, You might miss a deadline. A shipment could go wrong. You could have a wrong order. Somehow it creates an unpleasant experience for your customers. They're not saying to intentionally create an unpleasant experience, but when it inevitably happens, to create an experience that would bring about a sense of relief, relaxation, that customer loyalty really isn't about having a perfect record, but how will the company react and respond and bring about some semblance of closure to that experience. So whether it's a personal phone call or an apologetic email or a percentage of a refund or something, a free thing as a result of the inconvenience, those types of things, knowing that when a company doesn't do something well, they're going to make up for it, that's going to build loyalty. I'd never heard of this one as a marketing tactic, uh, but it is true. Like I've experienced it. I'm like, oh, Oh, this went wrong, but they handled it. So I'll be back. Very, very different. If they mm-hmm. don't handle it, I will not be back. Absolutely. And so this is great. We want this. We want more of this. We want to see this. But remember, even though they've made up for it, if you still need something as a customer, then you should get it. So whether you're requesting a full refund or something else, just because they were nice to you doesn't mean it's okay. You just let it slide and they can have my money. So that's kind of where that's, I do that. I am like, oh, it was my fault or you know, couldn't be helped. And Travis is like, no, 
we're going to ask for our money back and we're going to get it. Obviously, mm-hmm. don't be a jerk about it. But if you're entitled to it, don't just let it slide because of something like this. Yeah. The message of being free. You're not obligated to them. They're still selling you something. Right. Exactly. Uh, Number four is gratitude. So customer brand relationships are founded on a principle of logical exchange. Customers continue paying you money because they expect an equal value in return, whether that value comes in the form of a product or service or some other thing. When you give users more than they're expecting or something that outweighs their perception of equal value exchange, they feel gratitude. This is something, this is like the reciprocity we were talking about in the last article. More gratitude they feel, the more they want to stick with you. And I do agree, this is great. This is what we try to do because it's just nice. It's the, it's, it's a good thing to do for people who have committed to you and said they are loyal to you. But in the end, if you do not need the product or service just because they are giving you more than what you are paying for or you perceive they're giving more, don't let that value keep you paying for something you don't need. Yes. Oh, I can't stress this enough. I think this is one of the things that we can all very easily fall victim to this feeling of indebtedness because something Mm -hmm. good has happened. And that is great. I love getting free gifts. I love it when companies do above and beyond over the top. I think it can really benefit, but the danger comes in when we then feel indebted and like we can't then say that the product doesn't fulfill all of the, the needs that we thought that it would or that we can't ever return the product, you name it. Uh, We can't ever leave because now we're grateful and we're indebted. So just being aware of take Mm -hmm. what they're offering, especially if it's needed. But again, this is your message if you need it, that if you feel indebted to something that is not actually bringing value to you, it is okay to leave that membership, return that product, not purchase again from that company. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like on a, a membership tier that no longer exists and you're like, oh, but it's such a good deal. Like they're charging so much more now. If I get off, I'll lose this price. If you don't, if it's not bringing you value, just leave. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And finally, the last emotion that builds loyalty is belonging. We, we all want this. This is we mm-hmm. <laughs> we've talked this about the foundation this a ton. of our, our business. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've talked about this a ton on the podcast and just life in general. I think we see this need in humanity to feel a sense of belonging. There is nothing wrong with this. It is a part of the core of of our beings that we need to find community. Uh, We need to have some environments where we feel safe and secure, where we can find other like-minded people. It helps us. So companies know this too. And where they can create senses Mm -hmm. of belonging in you, then they can also create loyalty. You purchasing products over and over again. 
Again, sometimes this is fantastic. Uh, If you really like a product and you feel a part of the community that they've created and they keep putting out good products that you want that solve problems that you have, fantastic. But if you're only purchasing over and over again because you don't want to lose your community, that's that's where the issue can arise and where unnecessary spending enters in. Unless you're actually buying the community, like that's what you're purchasing which is it's different because there's infrastructure that you need to create communities and that's a whole different thing but you should know what you're buying Mm -hmm. to that extent Mm -hmm. like sororities and fraternities you're buying friends (laughs) and that's good for some people and a network for once you graduate college yeah you know exactly there's a give and take you're buying a network not not it's not a bad thing but you just have to know what you're buying for and being, you know, what you're paying for and be able to justify it in your budget. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's always justifiable in my budget. Mm, I love budgeting for this. I never got to pay for it. Yeah. The, the bill, bill of, of the, the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hey ladies, it's Olivia DeHart from Tennessee. And I am calling with my Bill of the Week. Really, it's like my Bill of every three weeks, but it is my dry cleaning bill. And I know that might sound a little bit excessive, a little bougie, but um, I found a really affordable place that's close to my office. And what it does for me is it actually makes me spend less on work clothes because when I get them back from the dry cleaner, it feels brand new. And so like I've spent no money in the last several months on work clothes. I've not wanted new work clothes because you know, nothing's wearing out. I get it back and it's like I'm unwrapping it for the first time. And it's just really nice to like have nice clothes and just get to hang on to those clothes for years and years because I'm taking care of them. So that is my bill of the week. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That is something I don't think about because I work from home, but it is really cool to hear how people are protecting the clothes mm-hmm. that and and we always talk about prolonging the life of, of good quality items so that's awesome that's what you're doing mm. yeah like a lesser talked about tip of how dry cleaning yeah. can help you to spend less it is more sustainable and then how it's building contentment that it's keeping you from needing to purchase new clothes even desiring that so it might be costing slightly more but in the long run it sounds like for yourself you're identifying long-term savings that's really amazing mm-hmm. dry cleaning yeah again i don't 
like you, Jen, I, don't, I work from home, so I don't dry clean things. I dry clean my wedding dress, I think. Yeah, but did that too. Olivia, you must have some nice clothes. Mm. Good job yes. prolonging looking it. looking good, building girl. Mm. Thank you. If you all listening have a bill, whether it's a bill you don't mind paying, a bill you didn't have to pay, a person named Bill, you know the drill. Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. We'll get to it. We'll get to it eventually. Mm. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001 and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. And now it's time for the lightning, the lightning round. round. So in today's uh, vulnerability segment, uh, we are going to talk about how we have been negatively and positively affected by marketing. So mm. tell us, Jill, you can give your negative or your positive first. Okay. Um, I'll give a positive. First thing that comes to mind is... So two things, the things that come to me in the mail, I guess, I don't really, op- I, I delete emails that look like spam and I, I don't know, social media, again, they don't, they don't know me. So nothing works for me on social media, but the things that come to me in the mail have actually been decent. So I, there's plenty of junk mail that I throw away, but sometimes the marketing that happens related to maybe a credit card offer or even insurance has been helpful. And it might not even be, so this is how I spin it in my favor. I might not go with the company that's trying to advertise to me, but it can get me remembering that, oh, I should be shopping for some a new insurance plan for my car. I should be negotiating. So the, the marketing of putting it in front of me often, trying to build that recognition, that's been helpful for me to recognize, oh yeah, am I still happy 
with my internet provider? Am I still happy with my car insurance? doesn't mean I need to go with the person who sent me the mail, but it's it, I utilize it like a reminder of what is my car insurance right now? Could I get a better rate? That's how I allow that marketing to work on me. <laughs> that is a really great trick. That is kind of how we remember to negotiate some of our bills as well based on the sales from advertisers in the mail. And because I would never sign up for an insurance company or a phone plans like emails. So the only way I'm going to see it is in the mail, is that ambiguous advertising. What about you, Jen? What's positive or negative? I actually have bought some pretty good things based on Facebook ads. Mm. Um, they've been business related. I've also bought some crappy things too. And I'll say again, the times that I get burnt, I mean, sometimes I make out good with someone I don't know, like buying something from somebody I don't know. But more often than not, it's those things where like I've been following someone for a while and I'm just, I'm not pulling the trigger because the price is, is quote unquote too high. And then I find something cheaper from someone I don't know and I spend money on that. And that's that's when I'm getting disappointed is when I find something for cheaper mm-hmm. and I don't know I love the person teaching it or creating the product when I should have just bit the bullet and paid the money for the thing from the person I trusted. And so that is, I think, advertising when I know somebody and they're just advertising to me to like keep me coming back, to keep me remembering them, that's when I've been really pleased with my purchases. And when I've impulse purchased, and this is all, I'm all talking about like Facebook ads, old Facebook ads when you used to be able to target really finitely. But then the impulse ones I have been more disappointed with. Yeah, where marketing has done me dirty or I've allowed it to, right? I am ultimately responsible for my decisions. So there is a personal responsibility at play here. It helps to understand what's happening externally, but we got no one to blame but ourselves for giving our credit card information or handing over those dollar dollar bills. The thing that works most for me is when there is a relationship built gratitude and reciprocity is at play. Like, oh, that's, I I can fall victim to that. It did just happen. I'm going to talk about this pretty vaguely because if anyone were to ever listen to this, I don't want them to feel bad because it was my decision. But I went somewhere, Jen, you'll probably be able to guess, uh, this past weekend and having a good time and talking with the person at this establishment. And they ended up giving us some free samples of the product that they were selling. And so, and then we were chatting and forming relationship. And then they went on to talk about this product that they had made themselves. And like, they're not trying to sell it. That's what they said. But then they were like, oh, I would give it to you if you want. And then I was like, no, 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 like I'll pay you. And then by the end of it, 
it came out what the person really wanted to be paid for this product and it was not worth it, but I felt already drawn into the circumstance oh. where there had been relationship built and reciprocity and I bought in the grand scheme of things. It, I, I'm not going to go into the poorhouse for having done this, but I did learn. All right. I don't need to give in to the fact that there's um, enjoyable conversation happening. It doesn't mean that I have to give over mm -hmm. money for something. Yeah. And to recognize for myself where to be more, most on guard is when it feels as though maybe I might be indebted to somebody for something. Yeah. And there are ways that you can have grace and kindness and turn someone down. You can't, you have the right to change your mind at mm -hmm. any time. And you can always use the, you know what? I I actually, it's not my budget right now. I'm so sorry. I, mm -hmm. you know, you can blame the budget. You can always blame the budget. And they, and the budget, budget, is budget will be your scapegoat because that's, that's who he is. And he's there for you. Um, <laughs> if he had a social media profile, you could tag him in the giveaways. You know, that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing budget is. So it's okay to let somebody down and you can do it kindly. I see this a lot in network marketing and we actually had this conversation in our financial freedom mentorship group about friends and selling you things. And yeah, they really believe in the product, but what if it's not something you need and you've already identified that? How do you, now it's a relationship thing. It's not just an exchange. It's, it's how do we navigate the relationship as well? And so yeah. there are, there are ways to do that. Like, you know, blaming the budget or just, just being very apologetic and saying, it's not you, it's me. Like, I, you know, thought I needed this, but I really can't this month. I'm I'm so, so sorry. Mm -hmm. And that's good enough. You don't need more than that. Mm -hmm. Or not going to the parties if you know that you're going to feel way too obligated mm -hmm. to pay money. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, recognizing which marketing tactic you fall most victim to, how to arm yourself, how to make wise decisions, how to put the pause in and we're here for you. We're here to help you intentionally values-based spend. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all for listening and for your kind reviews, which don't cost anything, but do help us. We so appreciate it because, yeah, this helps people proof. find us. If it's going to work for them, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that social piece. If it's going to help them, they can find us. If it's not going to help them, then they know that they can move on. And so thank you for your kind reviews. This one comes from Cass Zim. It is five stars titled Amazing Relatable Podcast. I love, love, love this podcast and look forward to every new episode released. It brings me a sense of relief that I can tackle my financial health and that I am not alone. I've been learning so much through the podcast and have been binging past episodes. Yay! We're so glad we're helping you solve a problem. It's actually giving you something that you need <laughs> like reading this now from the marketing perspective, yes. like we're providing relief. Oh no. <laughs> but the podcast doesn't cost you anything. And so rest and assured. And even if you do have to pay for that clear. stuff, it's not, the marketing isn't bad if the product or service is serving you. 
and you and it is bringing value to your life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't even know the questions to ask. We don't even know the programs or the products we need until we are marketed to. And then you take time to reflect and learn and make an informed decision on whether the product or service will help you. And that is the key takeaway from today's episode is just know what's happening and so that you can stop and pause before you impulse buy and just say, I'm going to give myself some time. I'm going to think about it. And if it's if there's scarcity, mm-hmm. then maybe you think about it a little bit more than you normally would up front so that you don't miss that scarcity. And then also think about like, oh, can I just wait until the next time this is available? And most of the times the answer is yes. Don't put it off for so long that you just never get the help you need or the product that could serve you just because you're putting it off and off and off. Like that, as frugal people, we fall more prey to than act- than like impulse buying. You know, we, we put off buying the things we need and impulse buy the things we don't. So if something's sticking with you, think about that. Think about why it's sticking with you too. And also keep leaving us those reviews. And for every five tags and reviews we get each month on social media, we are giving away $50 for you to spend in the Frugal Friends shop. Keep leaving us reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Send the screenshot to reviews at frugalfriendspodcast.com. Keep tagging us on social media. That also enters you into that drawing. And that's that. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Oh man. Anything to say, Jill? I I feel well armed and equipped to keep my money on lockdown. Good. <laughs> I mean, that's that's not totally the takeaway, but definitely uh, very aware of how people are targeting. But I think the thing for me in this is how it. Oh, this is funny. Okay, here's an okay, example, and not to throw for. Eric under the bus. Oh, this is really he's what I was definitely. Yeah. I mean, he he is a researcher. He is patient when it comes to purchasing. And I think he really does keep keep his own uh, wallet on, on lockdown and really only purchases things when he needs them. However, he needs a lot more than I do because he's got a lot more interest. <laughs> but here's where it crossed over. We recently were in a hotel room. And so we were like, we just fl- flicked on the TV because we don't have cable. It's not something that we pay for or value. And then with cable comes your regular old commercials, which none of us have seen in ages. It was like a blast from the past slash a new experience. And Eric just got fully targeted by a Skittles ad. (laughs) Apparently, yup. Soak that in. Apparently, there's these new Skittles that I would have had no idea about. He would have had no idea about if it were not for cable television and commercials. And it worked. He was like, those Skittles look so good. I've got to look for them. And I kid you not, it has been a week. We have been to three different types of stores, like including Office Max. Like we were just in <laughs> Office Max, uh, the grocery store, and a gas station. And he has been on the lookout for these 
new Skittles that he just has to try because this ad has stuck with him. He's not yet purchased them. We did see them at the at the grocery store. The other two places didn't have it. Saw it at the grocery store, but I I got to hand it to him. The bag was too big. Like, well, I don't. I just want to try it. I don't want to spend five dollars on a whole bag because I don't know if I'm going to like it. I just want to try it. So I mean, he's creating the pause. He's patient about it, but he did get targeted, and and because of that marketing ad, someday he will try this new Skittle product. Yeah, if he can find it in a small bag. <laughs> Timons Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.